President Groberg currently serves as the president of the Idaho Falls Idaho Temple. He served in the presidency of the 70 from April 2004 to August 2005 and is an emeritus member of the first quorum of the 70. President Groberg has served the church in many capacities, including as the assistant executive director of the genealogical, priesthood, and curriculum departments as first and second counselor in the Sunday School General Presidency, as president of the Utah South, Asia, and North America West areas, as a counselor in five area presidencies, as regional representative, and as president of the Tonga Mission. President Groberg graduated from Brigham Young University, received a Master of Business Administration degree from Indiana University, and returned to Idaho Falls, where he worked in real estate development. President Groberg and his wife, Jean, are the parents of 11 children, and they currently have 42 grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, there's a great-grandchild on the way. Is that right? Two of them. Wonderful. My dear brothers and sisters, it is wonderful to be with you this afternoon. I express my love and appreciation for each of you and for your leaders, both here and in your homes, and ask for your faith and prayers as we discuss a subject of eternal importance to all of us, namely, increasing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it so important? Because everything of eternal value depends on it. We'll be referring to many scriptures. I'll only mention one or two of them, but feel free to look up the others or think of them anyway. Let me explain. We're here in mortality. Our goal is to achieve eternal life. Why? Because in mortality, we're subject to all kinds of limitations, such as gravity and other natural laws, sickness, discouragement, fear, misunderstanding, thieves, pollution, cold, darkness, and, of course, mortal death. We want to achieve eternal life, or God's life, where all of these things are done away. The question is, how do we get from here to there? There is only one way, and that is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can get us from here to here. I testify that he came to this earth and in love laid down his life in the great atoning sacrifice which overcame death and sin and makes eternal life possible for each one of us. Can't you just hear him saying, have faith in me, trust me, Keep my commandments. It will take effort. All good things do. I will help you, and you will make it. It is worth everything. Yes, it does take effort. But remember, you can't coast uphill, only downhill. And eternal life is far above mortal life. Would you join with me in repeating the fourth article of faith for a moment? You all have the clue that it begins with we believe. So let's start. 
We believe that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are, first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins, fourth, the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Can you see why faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the first principle of the gospel? Gospel meaning good news. That's where everything begins. Our being here on this earth and having the opportunity to, to grow and progress and return with added joy and glory to live with our Father and Jesus depends on our faith in Jesus Christ. Everything good, both here and hereafter, come from him. We all want good things to happen in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. I know that good things do happen as we increase our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, including the best thing of all, and that is obtaining eternal life. I want you to know that I know that Jesus lives and loves us, that he desires with all of his heart to bless us, which he can only do as we are prepared to receive those blessings. Any perceived lack of blessings is never because he is not willing or able. It's never because he's asleep, as we just sang. It is because we don't yet have sufficient faith and thus lack the capacity needed to receive those blessings. So how do we increase our faith in him? There is no other way than to obey. Faith is not a passive thing, but a vibrant, living thing. It is trust. It is confidence. It is doing. The greater our faith, the greater our action and obedience. We start where we are and move towards the light, which is Jesus Christ. Each one of us has some degree of faith already, or we wouldn't even be here on this earth. Let's build on that faith. Listen to the Savior's words, which will awaken and strengthen some of what you already know. Quote, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I am the life and the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. I am the true light that lightest every man that cometh into the world. Each one of us was born with the light of Christ within us and an innate desire to increase that light to its full celestial brilliance. As promised in the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord says, that which is of God is light, And he or she that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light. And that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. What a promise. Can you feel with me that bursting desire to increase our faith, trust, and confidence in him? And our love for him. Anything and everything that helps increase our faith in him 
should be sought after and treasured. With it, we can do all things. Without it, we can do nothing of eternal value. One of the main purposes of this great institution is to help you increase your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If it does that, which I am confident it will, whatever else it does, though valuable, will be of secondary importance. The same is true of our being here on this earth. If our existence here increases our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our lives have been worth it no matter how long or short or filled with mortal challenges they may be. We increase our trust in him as we remember what he has already done for us. President James E. Faust recently, before his death, obviously, made this promise. You can come to know what you knew as a valiant son or daughter of God in the pre-mortal existence. It can happen to you. Now think with me back to those eons ago when, as the scriptures tell us, we shouted for joy, not only for the opportunity to come to this earth, but for the victory Jesus had won in the great battle in heaven and for his promise to come and help us here. Because a veil has been drawn over our memories, we do not know for sure what challenges we faced there, but we do know that with the Savior's help, we overcame them. Likewise, we do not know for sure what kinds of challenges we will face here, but we do know that with his help, we can overcome them also. We did not fail there. We will not fail here. With his help, we succeeded there. We will succeed here. We trusted him there. Let's trust him now. Now, reading the scriptures also helps increase our faith in him. Have you ever wondered what it would have been like to have been on the earth when the Savior walked the earth? I will refer to three events from that time. As I do, ask yourselves this question. How might I have acted had I been there at this particular time? Picture yourself actually being there. Number one, a woman who had been ill for many years felt that if she could only touch the hem of the Savior's robe, she would be healed. The instant she touched his robe, the Savior perceived that, quote, virtue had gone out of him. And he asked, who, who touched me? The disciples were a bit incredulous and said, look at this large thronging crowd. Nearly everyone has touched you. But he persisted, and soon the woman came forth and said she was the one. Now, can you just feel the Savior's love as he looked into her eyes and tenderly said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Now, undoubtedly, there were other sick people in that crowd. So it was not just touching him. It was touching him in faith that caused the healing. Where would you have been? Where are we now? 
Number two, a blind man cried out as the Savior passed by, and the Lord stopped and asked, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, That I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. I am confident that there were other blind folks along the way, but this one had the needed faith. Again, where do we stand? Number three. The Savior visited the more righteous Nephites and Lamanites in America as he looked at them with compassion he made this beautiful and thought-provoking statement. I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you. And he did heal them, every one. Is our faith sufficient that he can heal us also? We hope we would have gone to him and been blessed and healed as those folks were then. But ponder this question. If we hesitate to go to our bishop now to be healed, would we really have gone to the Savior then? It took great faith to be healed then. It takes great faith to be healed today. And remember, physical healing is only a small part of the Savior's healing powers. There's so much we need to be healed from. For every challenge, there is a solution. The Savior is the only one who completely understands every aspect of our individual challenges. And he is just as anxious to bless us now as he was to bless those people then. It's only our faith that stands in the way. Since he understands everything, his answer may be different from our requests. Remember, Paul, the great apostle, had great faith. But after asking three times for relief, his, quote, thorn in the flesh remained. See if you can identify with some of these challenges. Illness, shortage of money, family concerns, lack of dates, school problems, <laughs> being overweight, feeling underappreciated, lacking confidence, feeling discouraged, needing to make hard decisions, being single, going through the death of a loved one, being unsure of our faith, experiencing fear or uncertainty about the future, and on and on and on. Faith in the Savior is the key that opens every door that contains the solution to every conceivable challenge. It is fine to seek counsel from others, but remember, Ultimately, it is the Lord's counsel that counts. He will not only show us the things we need to do, but will give us the strength and confidence to do them. Each time we overcome a challenge, even a small one, we experience an increase in our faith and confidence to overcome other challenges. That is what growing from strength to strength means. On the other hand, when we let a challenge overcome us, we experience a decrease in faith and confidence. How grateful we should be for the Savior 
who has made it possible that when we make mistakes, we can change course. This is called repentance. And through faith in him, be forgiven and get back on the right path. Another way we increase our faith in him is found in the 121st section of the Doctrine and Covenants. You're all familiar with the beautiful promises there. The Lord says in verse 45, Let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Now, my young friends, Jesus is the epitome of virtue. So as we pray and think about and counsel with him unceasingly, our confidence grows. Let me demonstrate this principle by using a brief clip from the film The Other Side of Heaven. (laughs) When I served as a missionary, there was no MTC, hence no preparation in language or culture. We went straight to the mission field and did, did our best. At that time, only the scriptures were available in that language. After several months and much effort, I was still struggling greatly with the language. Now, just for your information, the word missionary in Tongan and outhouse are very similar in that language. (laughs) As you view this clip, I ask each of you to think of something you may be struggling with, something that others may laugh at you or make fun of you about. Then try to relate to how the Lord helped me and how he can and will help you. We will now hear from Elder Kolipoki. It will be a great talk. Oku O Fakamalo Ketu Uatu Ihomo Au Ihe Ahuine Talupe Meheku Ke Iki Kio Sie Tukuhake Ohoko Ohoko Koha Fale Kau Kaupe Bea oku tui koeku, popoakiia kiate kimotolu takitaha he ahoni. Koeha kuofiliai ehe eiki hafale kaukau keha umei amalika. Kahili ya oku iheloto oe tokotaha kotoape ia te kimotolu ke mohoko koefale kaukau. What did I say? Elder Outhouse! <laughs> did I say that? Oh, fuck along along. 
coming, There will be mail. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. John, this is the fourth letter I've sent without hearing once from you. I hope I'll get a whole batch someday soon. I also hope and, and pray all is well with you. You remember Edward? Well, he proposed to me last week. I told him I'd have to think about it, that you and I have a deal. I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers. If anything is... I don't know what that deal is. The moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. I went out to our swing to think about it. The moon was shining, and I remembered you saying, no matter where we are, it will shine down on both of us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Koeha ai tagata oku kitokanga aikiateia. I felt close to you for just a moment, as if the heavens connected us. I miss you, you know. <laughs> Across the sky. <laughs> I miss you. Dear Jean, I've made progress with the language, and the work is going much better. People sometimes ask, did you really learn the language in four days? Yes and no. No, in that I still made mistakes and only knew a few additional words and phrases. But yes, in this all-important sense, 
Before that odyssey, I was not sure I would ever speak the language. After it, I absolutely knew I would. I had perfect confidence for the Lord had promised me. I knew it would take lots of hard work, but with his help, I knew it would happen, and it did. What a difference confidence makes. Over 50 years later, I still feel very comfortable with that language. My dear young friends, please remember the basic lesson. When you seem unable to do what you know you ought to do, call on the Lord in humble faith, and he will help you and give you the confidence to do it. When I returned from my mission, I knew next to nothing about marriage or raising a family, nor how to provide a living for them. However, I knew that was what God expected of me. I prayed with all the faith I could muster and received assurance that he would help me with this, just as he had helped me with the language. So I went ahead. Now, more than 50 years later, our marriage and our family is strong and fulfilling and ever-expanding, and I love my wife, Jean, and my family more than ever. There have been ups and downs, but we have survived and been able to provide the basics and beyond. As I look at this gathering, I see some who have recently left the nest and ventured out into this big world, some who are preparing for missions, some who have already had that great opportunity and are preparing for marriage, some who are in the midst of raising families and pursuing careers, and others who are looking back over many years of experiences. I promise you that if you seek the Lord's help and move forward, Taking the needed steps, he will bless you with the confidence you need to do whatever is required to fulfill your responsibilities, including missions, marriage, family, and providing for them. What we all desperately need is greater confidence or faith that the Lord will help us succeed in our righteous endeavors. I know he gives confidence. I know we can succeed. You can succeed. Now, another extremely important way to increase our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is to make the temple a bigger part of our lives. This encompasses everything we have talked about and much, much more. As we qualify for a temple recommend and use it regularly, Our faith in the Lord will increase and our lives will improve. I know that to be true. Temple living is the key to joy and progress here and hereafter. And what is temple living? Just what it says. Living according to the principles taught in the temple. In Matthew, the Savior invites all men to, quote, Come unto me and learn of me. This is a direct invitation to come to the temple because that is where he is and that is where he teaches us. He wants us to come to him and learn of him so we can increase our faith in him and thus have more capacity to receive help from him. 
I promise you that everything about your life will improve as you live in accordance with temple principles. Figure out a way to get to the temple more often, and the Lord will figure out a way to bless you more often. I real, he knows how, but you'll be more able to receive those blessings. I realize that most of you are students and need to study and date and be involved in other school activities. Thus, we do not say how often you should attend the temple, only to make it a bigger part of your lives. Our faith in the Lord increases as we bear testimony of him. I can think of no better way to bear testimony of him than to go to his house, learn of him by serving his children, and adjust your lives to the standards he teaches there. Going to the temple is important, but having the teachings of the temple go through us is the real goal. That is what I call temple living. It is, as, it is much more than just an event. It is a transformation of life. Recently, while visiting with a wonderful stake president, he told me of how for years he had taught the young people in his stake the importance of temple marriage. The majority of the youth in that stake did get married in the temple, and all seemed well. Then towards the end of his time as stake president, a few young sisters came to him and asked, What went wrong? They had been married in the temple, but for various reasons their marriages had not worked out. We did what you asked, they said. Why has this happened? He prayed a lot and finally received this impression, stake present. Teach them the importance of temple living. As he pondered that thought, he realized that temple living is really what the temple is about. The ordinances, such as temple marriage, are vital and should always be taught and sought after. But the goal for everyone, including these young divorcees, widows, everyone, whether married or single, is temple living. If we would all make the temple living our way of life, there would be much greater happiness and fulfillment in our lives. I don't know what challenges you will face on your missions or in your marriages or your families, but I do know you can overcome them if you are faithful and true to the covenants you make in the temple. If you are true and faithful to them, every blessing promised therein will be fulfilled either here or hereafter. The Lord always keeps his promises. Now, as I hope we have done throughout this talk, I would like to finish with my testimony. I know Jesus lives and loves and cares for us. I know he is our friend. I know you can know that too. I know that he gives you joy and happiness to me, one of the main reasons for increasing our faith in him is to better be able to express gratitude and love to him, not only for what he has done for us, but for what he continues to do for us on a daily basis. I remember once when I seemed discouraged, everything was going wrong, of thinking, why is life so hard? Do you ever wonder that? Almost instantly, I felt an impression like a voice in my mind saying, well, would you like it easier? At that very moment, something hit me and I said, no, 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 please, I'm sorry. Leave it as it is. I trust, I trust thee, I trust thy ways. 
I've never forgotten that experience. Don't ever try to think you're smarter than the Lord. Just do what he asks you to do. I have learned for myself that Jesus has all power, that he desires to bless and help us. I know that he gives us strength to survive any challenge. I know he doesn't require that we have the faith to walk on water to be saved from an otherwise deadly sea or storm. We just have to try and keep trying. As our faith and confidence in him waxes strong, all things are possible. I hope the purpose of this talk to strengthen our love for, testimony of, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has been accomplished. I know for myself that he lives. I know that he is in his temple. I know that he loves you and me, that he is our true Savior, that he can move us from this mortal world to eternal life. I testify that he is our Lord and Savior, our ever-present friend and helper. I testify that Joseph Smith is a true prophet, that President Monson is God's mouthpiece on the earth today. I leave my love and blessings with you and do so in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.